Do you struggle to organize your thoughts, let alone your writing? Are you searching for practical tips to organize your writing workspace, time, and materials? Today's episode provides information to make your life more productive as a writer. Stick around. Your best writing life begins in 30 seconds. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Welcome to Your Best Writing Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week, I bring you tips and strategies from experts in the writing and publishing industry to help you excel in your craft. I am so glad that you're listening in. During this episode, you'll learn how to organize your writing life for higher productivity. Before becoming a novelist, Leanna George was a professional organizer and the owner of By George Organizing. Her first two novels are based on her experiences as an organizer and her time living in China. She is also the co-founder of The Author's Right Hand, a marketing and virtual assistance agency for Christian authors. Leanna, welcome to Your Best Writing Life. Hi, Linda. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're going to get right down to brass tacks today. Our topic is how to organize your writing life for higher productivity. So I'm going to ask the obvious question, right? Mm -hmm. Why is organizing so difficult for most creatives? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's a it's a funny question because it's based in fear. I think a lot of times um, we have this fear that we can't be organized because we're creatives, that the, the two can't coexist, which just really isn't true. It's a lot of misbelief, a lot of fear, and a lot of misinformation out there. And so I think that is part of the problem. And basically, I've narrowed it down to what I consider the three top reasons why. And the first is many creatives believe they just can't be organized. Like I said, they don't go together. But the truth is that we have a God who is a God of order and we are made in his image. And so we do have that ability. And so we just have mm. to um, hone into it and, and discover it. And that leads me to the second point is that many times people try to pigeonhole themselves into organizing solutions that don't fit their organizing style. We each have our own organizing style, just like we have our own personality. We have our own organizing style. Sometimes we will watch TV, we'll see a 30-minute home improvement show and think, oh, that's how I have to be organized. Or we see it on a, in a magazine or you know whatever and think, well, that's how organized looks and I have to do it. And then we try it and it doesn't work for us. And so then we just live with this idea that oh, we can't be organized. I'm a failure because it doesn't look like it did in the magazine or on TV. So we're trying to put in solutions that don't fit well for us. And then I think the third reason is that we just have this fear that being organized will stifle our creativity. 
that if we have a sterile environment, a clean environment, then that just doesn't mean we can be creative. And that's just not true because more often than um, not, you're going to find that creativity actually has more room (laughs) in a clean space and that we can actually function better when there isn't so much chaos surrounding us. I'm going to say yes, yes, yes to all three of those. And for me, especially the third one, Leanna, because I find that if my space is messy, my mind is messy. And this is what I do is walking past a room that was cluttered and I walk past it and I look and everything is in shape everything is put away, everything looks good, I breathe easier and I can (laughs) accomplish more when everything is in order. Though it may not be my first go-to is with my personality, it's, you know, I'm very out of the box. And so it may not be my first go-to, but if I can get it done and I like how you're addressing us in our uniqueness, how one thing that fits for someone else may not fit for you. So I'm real excited to find out what those fits look like. You've got me ready. I'm, I'm ready here. So <laughs> okay, here's, here's, here's the next question. Here's the next question. Why is it important that writers conquer the chaos in their lives? And that's, you know, what I get anxious about, particularly when, uh, or within their writing workspace, uh, the time that we have, and the materials that we use. Well, and and it's just like you said, you know, when you have a messy space, you have a messy mind, and we cannot allow, it doesn't allow the ideas to flow easily, uh, which is what we want when we're writing our books. We need that, those words and that creativity to flow. And if it's, if it's limited, because there's so much mess around us. And so I've discovered after working with probably about six years of working with clients. Um, and then I've spent five years working um, just as an author. And I've realized that, you know, order allows us the time, the space, and the ability to actually do more writing than if we live in a disorderly state. So, you know, because if we're struggling to uh, make time to write because we've, you know, our schedules are just cram-packed and overloaded, or if we just do not have a space where we can sit down comfortably and work, or if our minds, like I said, are cluttered and messy, it just makes it impossible. It's just so much easier if we will just take a little bit of time. And, and I think that's another misconception is that it takes too much time. And really, hopefully today I'll be able to provide a few tips that it doesn't take a lot of time to where you can really bring order into your life. Oh, this is good. We want something that I know I can check off the box that I got it done and it didn't take my whole day to do it. What are some of the practical organizing tips that you have for writers and their workspace? So I always tell writers that there are probably just four main areas that they want to focus on when it comes to uh, ordering their writing world. And that is one is space, two is time, three is your material, and four is your mind. Um, And so I'm always, that's where I would start. Um, And I would start in that order too, um, because, you know, we, we tried it, we, we try to do it all at once and we can't. So I would start with your space and then with your space, um, you know, whatever space it is you work at, whether that be, you know, some people are fortunate enough to have a wonderful, inspiring 
office with a great view where other people, you know, have to work at the dining table. And some people prefer to just be comfortable in their bed to work. And that's fine. It's wherever you want to work, whatever's conducive to you being your most creative, that's fine. But whatever that space is, um, we need to create order in there. And so the first thing, and I know a lot of people love to think this is, oh, I've got to go buy some containers. I've got to go to the container store or I've got to go to Target and I've got <laughs> to get lots of little bins and containers and, you know, all these nifty things to hang on the wall so I can have order. And I'm like, nope, stop, stop, stop. Let's not do that. Let's start with something that you're not going to want to do, but it's truly necessary. And it's called declutter. Um, and so that is what you want to do first. You want to declutter whatever space where you write. And so um, I have, you know, some simple tips for that. Um, like I said, 10 minutes. If you can just take 10 minutes to declutter a space, you will be amazed at how much can get done. And then you just pick one spot. And let's say you're in your office. Let's just say you have an office where you write you pick one spot. You're not going to try to clean the whole room in 10 minutes. That would obviously not work. So just pick one spot. Maybe just say, I'm going to pick this drawer because when I go in there to find a pen to write with or to do my edits or a stapler to put my papers together or find the flash drive that goes on my computer, it's just a mess and I can't figure it out. So pick that one spot and then take everything out of that drawer. Just take it all out. Everything, every small little piece that's in there. And you want to start putting them into like groups. Okay, so we want to put all of our pens together, all of our pencils together, our erasers, because that helps us see exactly how much we have. Because when it's scattered, we don't see how much we have. And so we think we don't have a lot. But when you start putting things into light groups, you're like, oh, I, I didn't realize I had 25 pencils or I didn't realize I had 30 pens, you know, <laughs> because you don't see them. But once you put them all into a pile, you do. And so then that makes it easier for you to say, now, okay, well, how much do I really need? Okay, probably six, 10. I mean, I can't, I never tell people the quantity, just what works for you. Um, you know, and then after you've gone through and you've figured out um, into your light groups, then you start going through and you either decide, am I going to keep this? Um, is it something that could be donated or recycled? Am I going to, it, does it work? Missing pieces. I'm going to go ahead and let it go. If it's paper, I could shred it. Um, or does it need to go elsewhere in my house? Now, you know, I don't have little kids anymore, but I do remember when I had an office with little kids, there would be pieces of toys and Barbies and Legos and all sorts of stuff that somehow ended up in my office while I was working, you know, that probably needed to go somewhere else. And so, you know, that's what, what it is. Now, I always tell people, be careful though, don't go putting things elsewhere because then guess what happens? You get distracted in that other room and you forget your project. So now that you've got them in sorted groups, then put them into new piles of keep, donate, trash, recycle, or shred, and then go elsewhere. Then once you've done that, then you can put everything that's keep back. You can put the donate into a, you know, maybe to your car, put the recycling, the trash, the shreds, and then, then you can go put items back into their proper places. And then that's just 10 minutes right there. That's just 10 minutes. And then the next day, do 10 more minutes. And then the next day, do 10 more minutes to where eventually you're going to have that decluttered eventually in time. It may take you, depending on your space, it could take a week, it could take two weeks. But if that's the, that's, a, that's the first step. Then once you've decluttered your space, you're going to want to make homes for everything. We've always heard that saying, a place for everything and everything in its place. So we do want to make homes for everything. And the easiest way I can tell people to think about this is if you think about your items in your space as either a friend, 
an acquaintance, or a stranger. And so a friend, just like in your own personal life, a friend is somebody you want to see all the time. You want to be around them. You want them constantly in your life. So your friend zone is your immediate workspace. So anything like probably around your desk is going to be a friend. So you have to ask yourself, you pick up an item, is this a friend? If it's not, then it needs to go somewhere else. And then your acquaintance items are Mm. going to be more around the perimeter of your room. So those are things that I need to access, but I don't need them right next to me all the time. And then you're going to have your stranger items. You know, when my kids were little, I always say stranger danger, stay far, far away. So those are going to be some items (laughs) that, yes, I need to hold on to them, but I don't need them in my immediate space. So your friend zone is going to be your desk. And that's probably where you're going to keep your writing supplies. You're going to keep your emotion thesaurus. You're going to keep your computer, your headphones, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Your acquaintance items are going to be the perimeter of your room. And that could be a bookshelf. That could be a file cabinet. Um, that could be, you know, just something uh, where you, you know, have different items that, okay, I don't need the craft book all the time on how to write dialogue but I may pull it out. I want to have to have it occasionally. You know, that would be your acquaintance item. And then your stranger items are going to be things like your tax documents that you reference for your work as an author. I write all my books by hand. So I have lots of paper manuscripts. And so I still keep them in a banker's box, but I don't need them in my writing space. So I put them out in the garage. Mm. So they're, they're away. So if you can think of friends, acquaintances, and strangers with the items in your workspace, then that'll help keep your space. And that and decluttering can really make a difference with your space. Oh, this is great. I started thinking, I actually, I'm looking around going, oh yeah, no, that's totally goes in a different room. Why in the world (laughs) is it even in this room? And you're right. I can feel a little bit of freedom already making its way to my working area. So I really, really like this. What about then when we're looking at the being more productive with our time? Because I know that you said that's the next thing is that we're looking Mm -hmm. at our space and then our time material and then our mind. So let's let's jump over to the time. What can we do when it comes to time? Of course, we've heard this lots of times before, but to know your rest best writing time. And that's so very true. But the important and key word there is your. Don't try to emulate somebody else's. I will never get up at five in the morning and write. And I will never get up or stay up until, you know, two or three in the morning writing because those just aren't when my, my, my best times. My brain will not function during those times. I know that for me, my best writing time is 10 to four. So knowing that information, I can better plan my day and my time. Uh, which makes me more productive when I am in the 10 to 4 spot. So always know your best writing times, but don't compare it to others or don't try to emulate others because it's just not going to work. Then the second thing I would say is to use a planner, whether it's a digital planner or a paper planner, writing things down can truly help manage your time better. A lot of times we're like, oh, I'll remember that I have that appointment or oh, I'll remember to do that later. You know, and guess what? Then we get bombarded with five different other things and we, we lose what we mm. said we were going to do or where we had to go. And so a planner, whether it's your phone, whether it's, you know, uh, one you get from the depot or even one that's catered for authors, just something that will help you keep record because our brains are not storage units. And so when we're using them as storage units, then it limits our ability to create those words. So 
write it down and keep it somewhere. Then I would say create a schedule. And so that way, you know what you're doing at what time. And the best way to do that is to batch your writing projects. Because every time we have to switch our focus, we, we lose. You know, every time we get interrupted by mm. a ding or every time we try to go from a writing a nonfiction to a writing fiction, we lose some of our, our brain energy. So we want to create a schedule where maybe you say, I'm going to batch all my writing from 10 to 12. And then from one to four, I'm going to work on marketing and, you know, different things like that. Or I'm going to work, I'm going right. to shift from fiction to nonfiction. So that that way you've got a set schedule and you know what you're going to do. Because when you have those expectations, I know that this morning I'm going to come in and I'm going to work on this. Then you have a better focus for that project than you would if you were just going to sit down and go, okay, what do I do today? What is it I need to work on? So you kind of have some expectation and your brain and your body are ready to get to work because they know what's expected of them. And then I would also say to learn how to say no and set boundaries. This is probably the hardest thing that I have had learned to, to do as a writer. Um, but we have to be able to say no because every time we say no, uh, yes to something, we're saying no to something else. And so we have to set those boundaries and limit uh, what we allow into our writing space time. And that doesn't mean we can't ever have a life. It just means we need to be wise and cautious with our time and how we're spending it. Yeah, I agree with that. I found with many creatives, in particular with writers and, and speakers, those that they are their tool and their personal productivity is what makes or breaks their day. And there are times when we can really buy into the fear of missing out on an opportunity or fear of disappointing someone or, oh, I said that I would and I must. I really like encouraging all of our listeners that we are in the relationship business first, our relationship with God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, and then our relationship with family, our relationship with close friends and then it kind of goes out from there. And it's like those should be the, really the big rocks in what we look at throughout our week and setting those boundaries. Am I allotting time for my family? Am I allotting time for self-care too? And so that's important. I really like that you brought in the, you know, set the boundaries. Yeah. And I love the example you use. I, when I teach a class, you know, in person, I will put a container and I have sand, I have small pebbles and I have uh, some larger rocks and the larger rocks represent the most important things in our life. Um, and then the sand uh, and the smaller rocks are more of the, the busy task, uh, more, you know, we want to get them done. We think we have to get them done. And so we always put those in the container first, thinking that that's, that's going to help us you know, get, get more done. But then by the time we put the sand and the small rocks, there's no more room for the most important things, which are the larger rocks. So then I dump everything out and I say, but what if we put in the large rocks first into this container and then add the small rocks and then add the sand? Guess what? It all fits into the container. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, setting your boundaries and making those important things the priority. And that's one of the things that I tell people too is, we always think we have to get everything done, but we don't. Just make a list of 10 things. You know, people are always 
like, oh, I've got 35 things I need to do today. Well, guess what? There's probably no way you're going to get 35 things done. Um, but you know what? Right. I bet you could, if you had a list of 10 things, you and you could probably get more done. Because what happens is you have a list of 35 and you only get five, you feel like a failure. But if you have a list of 10 and you get five done, well, you feel pretty good. So I always tell people, limit your to-do list and pick one big rock, right? Pick four medium-sized rocks and then five sand-type items. And so it's the Mm. one, four, five rule. And so always do your first big thing, then do four medium tasks and then do five smaller tasks. And you really find that you get a lot more done that way. And it doesn't get so overwhelming. This is so true. It is so true. I know by the time I'm getting to the latter part of my day, mentally I'm I'm spent mm-hmm. and I do need to get big rocks completed first. And one thing I add, I use the same visual when I'm speaking and working with clients. I add one thing at the end and I'm going to share it because it kind of ties into me. I always tell people, let's journey together, you, me, Jesus, and froth coffee. So at mm-hmm. the very end, I can take two cups of coffee and pour it into it as well. And that fits. <laughs> so, you know, we, we're not <laughs> overflowing. We still have yeah. time for a cup of coffee with a friend. So I love that. I, I and love and I love it. What, one other thing that I just thought of too is, you know, if something doesn't fit into the container, then that might be a sign you need to mm-hmm. either delete it or delegate it. And so, Ooh. because there are going to be some things on your list that keep popping up because you just don't get to them every day. If you can't do it, then it either needs to be deleted or delegated. And that, that applies to authors, just personal life, whatever it is, this because is so there true. might be something, it's you true. know, that you are like, I think I have to do it, but guess what? Maybe not. Or maybe somebody else can use their skills to do it for me. Right. Especially if it's not your best use. Exactly. God yes. gifts us, but he doesn't give us all the gifts. That's why he also gives us workmates and helpers and those around us that excel in what they do. So let's don't recreate the wheel. Let's put all the wheels on one cart and get down the road further by utilizing the gifts that others have. So I'm, I'm a firm believer in that firm believer. Very good. Anything else with time? I would recommend that you don't wait until Monday morning to plan out your days or your week. Try to do that Mm. on Fridays or Sundays so that by Monday, when you're ready to go back to it, um, you're ready to roll. You're not sitting there, like I said earlier, trying to figure out what it is you're doing. And then I, before you leave your writing space, review uh, what needs to be done for the next day so that, again, you're ready to go. Um, you know, kind of like I've heard some people tell authors, you know, stop right in the middle of a scene, you know, so you can, you'll, you'll know where you're at, where to pick up and how to get moving um, instead of sitting there going, what am I going to write today? You already know where you're at. Same way with your to-do list, you know, Look at it and know what's coming next. And then that way, when you get back to it the next day, you're ready to roll. That's really good. I like that because it's kind of like having writing prompts and you have it built in if you stop in the middle of a scene Mm -hmm. or stop in the middle of a next step is very good. Well, then what about the common organizing mistakes, I guess, that writers might make with their material? How can they get past that? Yeah. So material is different because everybody does 
um, everything differently. Like I said, I write mine by hand. So I, you know, I don't have file folders or naming structures, but when I have to convert that handwritten text into a digital document to submit to my publisher, then, then that's where everybody becomes on the same page. So basically this is talking about your digital. Now I know a lot of people, a lot of authors, writers use Scrivener, which seems to have a built-in organizational system to it. Um, I am not a Scrivener person, so I can't attest to that. But basically, when it comes to your digital world of writing, my, my three best tips are, one, find a consistent naming structure. Um, whatever that is um, that you're going to use, be consistent through it throughout the entire novel or whatever book you're working on. Keep them simple. Don't make them really hard, long, complicated, because, you know, we all know we only see so much of the file document name. So, you know, if we're trying to put everything on there, we're not going to see it. So just keep it really simple. Uh, Abbreviate if you need to. My novel is perfectly arranged and perfectly placed and perfectly matched. So I have PA, PP, and PM. Makes it real easy to just start that. And I know exactly what book it is. And then I would always keep the date at the beginning of the file name. And you want to do it in the year, the month, the day structure. So you would put, um, if you were, say you sat down and did some writing today and you were going to save that file, then you would put 2022.11.3. And then you would put maybe the name of the book that you're working on and maybe what it was, chapter three. Um, And then that's all you need. So um, because then that way, when you go into Finder and you're like, oh, I need that chapter, um, then you, you know, everything's going to line up 2022 right there and you can work your way down. You know, when you're working on this, this book, so you're going to work your way down the, the, the date, and then you're just going to look for that book and you're going to look for the chapter. And then if you happen to revise chapter three, you could put chapter three dot one. And, you know, for me, it's chapter three dot 10. So, you know, lots of revisions. Mm. So that really does help you um, because then you know which version you're looking for. And then you're like, oh, no, I changed that character. I didn't put that phrase. So it really does help if you add the version of which uh, the, the document that you're working with. Um, I would recommend that. And then I would develop a system um, of how you're going to um, store them in your computer. You know, are you going to use Dropbox? Are you going to use Google Drive? You know, what else, what other system are you going to use to do that? If you just keep things just right there on your desktop, you know, do you have file folders um, to help you sort through them all? Um, I would say make a folder for the, the, the book in general. And then within each of, within that folder, make a folder for each chapter or each section of the book. And then with and within that folder, then put the, the individual documents that you're working on um, to help you with that. Um, and then I always encourage people um, to organize their material in terms of not just their written material that they're working on for the book, but their material for things when they're marketing their books or promoting their books, because that can be a time suck as well. And so if you can create some type of template where you can easily access your information, it makes a world of difference. And it is a uh, very easy and convenient thing for when you are trying to go out on a blog tour and they all ask you, I need your headshot. I need your bio. I need the purchase links. I need your social media links. So what happens is people go and they have to go to Facebook and copy paste their URL. And then they have to go to Instagram and copy paste their URL. And then they've got to go to Amazon and then Barnes and Noble. And and, and then it just becomes a time set where if you had all of that material in one place, 
then when they ask you for that, you just go copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, and it makes it so much easier. So I always recommend that you do that, not only for you as a writer, um, with the, with your social media platforms, with your passwords, um, with your bios and things like that, but also for each individual book you have, um, you know, because many of us write multiple books. Well, then every mul- every book has its own ISBN number. It's got its own URL on BookBub. It's got its own URL on Amazon, Goodreads, um, different things like that. So, you know, you're going to want information for your books to make that easy to capture as well. I really like having all of that in one place that I could just go through and copy and paste. Woo, you're speaking to my heart there. Speaking <laughs> to my heart. A lot of people think, oh, well, that's going to take so much time uh, to, to make something like that. And it's true. It does take a little time to go in and put in all the URLs and all the passwords and usernames and things to your you know, uh, social media or to your Grammarly or to your MailChimp. But it, makes it, gives, you, it gives you back time later. Um, if you'll invest a little bit of time first, then later on, it will save you tons of time. Absolutely. You're going to spend mm-hmm. your time somewhere. Yeah. If you spend it at the beginning in an organized way, it just makes everything run smoother when mm-hmm. you need to find it. I yes. totally agree. Even I like the, you know, keep the date at the beginning of your files. That way, if yeah. you change it, it's going to be in order and you're going to mm-hmm. know what you have there. So, so good. You had told us that we have the areas of organization. You said space, time, material. You also said our mind. Mm-hmm. What can yes. we do with that? Yeah. So like I said earlier, our brains um, are not storage units. And so we need to just take time to free up everything that's clogging it. And so I would recommend Mm. doing a weekly brain dump and, you know, just sit down and take some time and just take everything that is, you know, consuming your thoughts of, Oh, I've got to get this done. Oh, I've got to go here. Oh, I've got to get this taken care of and just write them down uh, just on a master sheet. It could be long. It could be very long. It could take an entire notepad if you were to write them all down. But what happens when we do that, when we empty our minds, it allows us to be able to sit and to think and to have space. You know, one of the things I always used to tell my clients was don't be afraid of empty space because we would clear out a space Mm. and we would make room and they would be like, oh, there's an empty space. I need to go fill it. And I would say, no, don't purposely leave it empty because when we Mm. have space, empty space in a physical room, it allows your eyes a space to rest. Um, so when we mm. empty uh, all those tasks and responsibilities out of our brain, it gives our brain the time to rest. But the other thing is it, it makes room for growth, right? Because eventually we're going to go back to right. the store and we're going to buy more clothes or for authors, we're going to buy more books. <laughs> so it's a given, <laughs> right? And so we're going to go buy more books and we're going to need space for those books. And if we don't create some space for them, then we are contributing to the problem and we'll just compound and have more clutter. So by leaving some empty space, we make room for growth. And so when you do that with your mind as well, then you have a better emptier space to grow new ideas, new characters, new plots, new possibilities um, as a writer. And so I always say, you know, just let that, let that out, 
declutter your mind, give it the space it needs to rest and breathe and to grow. And you'd be surprised at what a difference that can make. Well, this has been fabulous. You've given us so much to contemplate on. And I'm excited to get things going. I know that you have a really fun giveaway for our listeners. Can you tell us a little bit about that uh, spreadsheet that you're going to make available? Yes. So I know that it takes time to create a spreadsheet where you can download all that information. So to make everyone's life easier, I've created a template for you. So you can go in and you can grab that template and it's going to have your writer information. And so the first thing you're going to have there is all of your social media platforms where you can put your links, you can put your usernames and passwords so that you don't have to think about that. You'll also have a place for your bio and different information like that. And then you'll also have access to the uh, book one where then you can have the book blurb, the ISBN, the media kit. If you want to you know, have a place to keep reviews or to keep quotes so you can grab those easily for marketing. So we're going to make that available to you. So you don't go have to recreate the wheel, as you said. It's already there. All you need to do is just spend a little bit of time uh, dropping in the information. That makes it easy peasy, folks. We're making it easy. Easy for all of us to be able to bring a little bit of order and organization into our lives because as writers, we love that creative element and to be able to think and write and participate outside of the box. And the more that we can have the order around us, because as you said, Leanna, our God is a God of order. The more we can invest in that up front, it gives us margin. It gives us space to move around, to be a little more flexible, to know we're starting here. We're going to end up over here. And who doesn't want that? Who doesn't need that? We all need that, right? We all do. Definitely. We all need that. And um, I learned the hard way as an author that how you practice is how you play. And so, Mm. you know, it is, you know, if I start practicing these things now, um, getting my space in order, getting my time in order, materials, my mind, if I can get those things early on in my writing career, I'm going to develop that muscle so that um, as things get busier, because they will once you become published and once you become, you know, writing more books, um, it becomes busier, but you've got the discipline, you've got the systems set up so that you will, you know, it won't throw you for a loop later on. Um, and so, you know, when you're in the midst of a book launch, plus you're still trying to finish that manuscript, you know, it won't, it just won't throw your world into utter disorder because, you know, you've got those systems in place for your material, for your space, for your time, and it will really make a difference. This is true. It's all true and it's all doable. Another thing that I like to do on your best writing life is to kind of take a peek behind the personal curtain of our guests. So is there something that you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners that we might not find in your bio? Yeah. So this is something that I don't tell a lot of people because as a professional organizer, former professional organizer, people automatically assume that my house and my life are perfectly organized. And um, the truth (laughs) is 
I'm not. (laughs) None of us are perfect. And the one thing I don't do that surprises a lot of people is I don't make my bed every day. I just don't. I don't know Ah. why. I I haven't figured that out. I know there's this whole thing about starting your day, making your bed, getting that kind of order started so the rest of your day is orderly. Um, But I don't. Uh, And so I also want to just encourage people, like I said, it's not to feel like you have to be perfectly organized because there is no such thing. Do what you can with what you have to the best of your ability and God will take care of the rest. And plus we have different personalities and our oh, for personalities. Sure. I mean, God has given us those as well. Well, as we wrap up, I know that we do have the link that everyone is going to be able to download that writer information spreadsheet. But you also have your website, theauthorsrighthand.com. Tell us a little bit about that. So The Author's Right Hand is a a marketing platform building virtual assistant agency for Christian authors, either whether you're independently published, not published, traditionally published, fiction, nonfiction. What we do is we come alongside you and we do those tasks that you don't like to do. So we help you with your social media, your newsletters. We can help you with book launches. That way we can use our skills to better help you so you can get back to the one thing you love doing most, which is writing. Um, And so that's where your right hand. I like it. So if they go out to theauthorsrighthand.com, they'll be able to get more information. Can they set up a time to meet with somebody to see if the needs meet what you have to offer? Yes, right there on the homepage, there is a free 30-minute consultation. So we can talk and see if it's a good fit and exactly how we could assist you. This is good. All right, Leanna, it has been so good having you here. Leanna George, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much, Leanna. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. It's been wonderful. I enjoyed it. And folks, you'll be able to find out everything that you need in our show notes. Please take a look. Go out there and make sure that you do download the writer information spreadsheet and take a look at the website too. Go out there and see. I know that we have so many, I have so many author friends who are looking for virtual assistance who are looking to have someone else come in and fill the gap that is not their best fit. Go take a look, see if they have something they can offer you that will help your day be more productive, even in that fashion. A lot to think about today. Again, I'm glad that you are here. So thankful, friends, for joining us. Please take a moment to share this podcast with another writer or two. Give us a star rating post a episode review maybe this one and a review on organizing as writers and also hit subscribe i greatly appreciate what you have to say as much as what you have to write this is linda goldfarb and i look forward to being here with you next time on your best writing life